0: I'm Polly Campbell, and this is Simply Said. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Polly Campbell, and you're listening to Polly Campbell Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy so that we can do the work that matters to us and live the lives we want to live. You know, I think also that that means taking care of your inner landscape as much as the external, probably even more because how we think influences everything we do. And yet often we don't give the time to redesigning our mind. If you're ready to feel better, reduce your anxiety, feel more creative, then we need to start from the inside. Is your mind a safe and comfortable place to be? (laughs) Does it help you feel calm, creative, healthy, or are you in this state of overwhelm? Well, today we're going to talk about those factors and how we can redesign our thinking and our mental space to create the experiences we want to create. Today we have with us Dr. Eric Mizell. He's a coach and the author of more than 50 books on creativity, living the creative life, living lives full of purpose and meaning, mental health and so many other topics that I've followed throughout my career. I've read his books they've inspired me they taught me and i'm so excited to have you here today dr mazel to talk about your newest book redesign your mind welcome to the show hi polly lovely to be here please call me eric thank you eric I, i i'm i'm thrilled to have you here and this book was fascinating to me because it really made me think of my inner space a different way it's a lot of visualization it's a lot of reflection um, redesigning your mind. What do you mean? That's the title of the book, but it's also the, the topic of the book. What do you mean when you say let's redesign our mind? So many decades ago.
1: The art of visualization grew up in a certain hospital in Northern California where somebody got the idea to invite cancer patients to visualize their healthy cells, defeating their cancerous cells. That's where it started. It started as a medical intervention. It was shown to be powerful. There's lots of studies. And of course, over the decades, visualization has been used in all kinds of ways by professional athletes, by anybody who wants to paint a mental picture through verbal cues and change their mental landscape that way. It occurred to me, I've been working with creative performing artists for 35, 40 years now as a coach and I understand the ways in which they are self-unfriendly, saying things to themselves that don't serve them. And it popped into my head to consider our mind as a room, because I think that's actually the way we experience it. I think we experience life as going to that room that is our mind, to picture our mind as a room and to visualize changing it, to visualize redesigning it and redecorating it once I hit on that simple idea, so many visualizations came to me. There were so many interesting things to do to redesign your mind, simple things, things like installing windows so that a breeze could blow through and blow away some of the stuffy thoughts we're always thinking, or getting rid of that bed and nails that so many people spend time on in their mind room and replacing it with an easy chair. In other words, once I had the idea, of redesigning and redecorating your mind. There were all sorts of tactics, strategies, visualizations to share with folks.
0: And that's what the book is about. It, it really is a powerful book. And you caused me to think about things in a new way. I've done visualization throughout my life and my career. But what I think you hit on is, is so interesting is we often see our mind as a barrier or something that worries us or gets in our way. And really when I went through your practices in the book, it became a much more comfortable place for me to hang out in. It it really changed the way I feel about uh, how I interact and and think through things. So Uh, that's that's great. I I
1: thought that it would do that for folks. Um, Cognitive behavioral therapy is popular It's the main therapy in the United Kingdom. Um, The idea there is to look at the thoughts that a person is having, and that works. Engage in thought substituting or thought blocking. There are lots of tactics and techniques in cognitive behavioral therapy that work. But I thought, wouldn't it be interesting that rather than arm wrestling with all of these thoughts, to change the source of those thoughts so that those thoughts wouldn't even arise and you wouldn't have to lock them or or deal with them or arm wrestle them. So once once that became clear to me that changing the source of our thoughts could be an important process, uh, I kind of had the feeling that people would get a lot out of it. Some of my favorite uh, visualizations, they're all simple, as you know. Some of my favorite ones are the idea of when you enter your mind room, well, you could flip on the light, but you could have that light switch double as a calmness switch, Mm -hmm. and so every time you enter the room that is your mind, you could experience a new calmness. You could, of course, do your two hours of uh, mindfulness meditation, but you could also just flip that switch and experience life in a more calm way. Another little visualization I like is that when you enter your mind room, remove your heavy overcoat that's just a metaphor for feeling less sad as you enter your mind room but it's a nice metaphor it's a nice image where instead of coming into your mind room the way you usually do heavy half defeated half anxious half worried instead of coming in that way throw off that heavy overcoat and just feel lighter and in conjunction with that paint the walls white (laughs) paint those dingy walls white or put up some cheerful wallpaper, do something that brightens up your mind room. The Buddha said, get a grip on your mind. I think this is an interesting take on that phrase. This is a way to get a grip on your mind by actually redesigning it and redecorating it.
0: Yeah, I was just going to add the thought that When I started doing these visualizations and thinking about my mind as my room, my mind room, then I realized that I really was in charge. It reminded me, right? It empowered me to remember. Now, you draw a distinction between the mind and the brain. Could you tell us what that is? Well, it's really hard to say.
1: I mean, that's been a question that philosophers and scientists have asked for thousands of years. How does the brain produce the mind or does the brain produce? produce the mind. One way that that gets talked about it as the mind as an emergent property of the brain. Folks in artificial intelligence in that world would say machines can think so the mind isn't that special. It's really just a kind of machine doing a certain kind of work. But I think we experience the mind as special. And I think the important way to think about the connection between brain and mind is that every thought we think causes the brain to use hundreds of millions of neurons. That's what a thought is, is the brain using neurons, neurons connecting up. What that means is even though we have billions of neurons in our brain, our brain is robbed of hundreds of millions of those neurons every time we countenance a little thought, every time we have a little thought. It could be a positive thought. I don't mean only negative thoughts. It could be a positive thought, like I have to pick up my kids at three or, I want to make some pumpkin soup. It can, be, it can be any thought, but all thoughts grab neurons. What that means is if you're a creative person and you're trying to do your creative work, you have to somehow find the way to have those neurons release their grip from all those small thoughts, what Buddhists call monkey mind, all those small thoughts, so that you can maybe for the first time and finally get your whole brain back, and then you will have it in the service of your creative work. So I think that's a, an interesting way to think about the connection between brain and mind is the mind is this fascinating thing, but the brain does a certain kind of work, and to do that kind of work, it must connect up neurons. And it's our job to have those neurons release their grip so that they become available to us.
0: And visualization is a way of releasing them, if if that's how we do we imagine our mind how we want to use it how it looks how it feels for us then is that what you're how it, it works exactly so
1: let's just play with this metaphor these are all metaphors because no one knows how these things work literally you could read a thousand page book on what is consciousness and not come away knowing anything <laughs> at all you know so nobody really knows how this is mysterious stuff but we can still use these simple metaphors effectively and productively. For instance, let's say you want to get quieter in your mind for the sake of solving a problem or for the sake of doing creative work or just because that's one of your life purposes, to be calmer and more quiet internally. So if you want to do that, one of the things you could try is what I said already, flip that calmness switch as Mm -hmm. you enter. Another is to have an easy chair rather than a bed of nails, to sit on something comfortably in your mind room, that reduces tension and stress. But then you could have a little side table next to your easy chair, and on it you could have a snow globe.
0: Mm. I like
1: the image of a snow globe because when you shake up a snow globe and watch it settle, watch the snow settle, that's very similar to the way we come in agitated into, into into the mind room, into the room that is our mind. We come in agitated and then we can settle as the snow settles. And that's another way of releasing those neuronal grips. And it's another way of calming ourselves. It's very hard to do the thinking we would like to do, to do the problem solving we would like to do if we are feeling anxious. The main thing we do when we feel anxious is to flee the encounter. We wanna get out of there. So, So human beings have to do some core, essential anxiety management if they're to get the work done that they want to get done.
0: Does all this happen in your imagination? Is it a picture you're creating? Is it a feeling you're creating? Are you hearing things? What is? How does visualization occur for us? I, I think it's different for each person, even
1: where it occurs. In Western culture, we picture our mind room as above the eye. We kind of naturally associate it with where the brain is, but not every culture pictures their mind above their eyes, so that alone is interesting. For me, it's visual. When I talk about these things, I see an easy chair, and I see corners to the room, and I see different things happening in different corners to the room, so that's me. But I think anybody can personalize these ideas. I think visualization sort of basically is about verbal cues that make imagery, that is using words to create images that serve but I believe this can be done any way that works for a person.
0: And it's really, when I read your book, the the sense I came away with it, it's really creating an atmosphere that I wanted to be in, in, in my mind, in my body. The, the, the gentleness, the serenity, the place to calm. I have used that flip to calm switch repeatedly since I read that because it is, and now I'll use the snow globe idea, but it, it's a... It's a way of becoming present and reflecting on what my experience is and then having a way to diffuse it just with that visual cue. So I think that's interesting. I wanna talk also about indwelling. We're gonna take a little break. And when we come back with Dr. Eric Mizel, I wanna get into how we can use our mind room to create space for reflection um, and the indwelling process. I'm Polly Campbell Simply Set, part of the best business network of Electrocast.
1: Life is hard, but finding a really
0: great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Tulusma. I'm a writer and emotional intelligence coach and the host of Humanize with Blue Tulusma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electrocast. As me and my guest co hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. Electric ass. Welcome back. I'm Polly Campbell on Polly Campbell Simply Said, the podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good and be happy. You can find more of my work at pollycampbell.com or on pollycampbell.substack.com where I really go into more of a personal exploration about how I'm using the things I talk about here to really elevate my experience. And today I'm using all of these practices from the new book, Redesign Your Mind, the breakthrough program for real cognitive change with... Dr. Eric Mizell, and we're talking about how to form our mind room, how to use visualization to create the internal environment that supports our creativity and our growth and our health. Uh, Dr. Mizell, Eric, you talk about indwelling as a means of not automatically jumping to our first sense or feeling or answer, but by Staying in that space to reflect and find our way to the best solution. Yeah, I use indwelling
1: as the word to stand for our cognitive style. Everybody has a style inside. When we travel, we think things will be different because we've moved from, I don't know, India to Paris or or Paris to Boise. But we always take our own mind with us. And that's why things don't change so much no matter where we go. And we start to develop an indwelling style from birth. First of all, we have an original personality and we come with some original indwelling style. Nobody knows what that is. There's no way to know what it is, but it's gotta be the case. Anybody who's had kids or kittens or puppies knows that every creature comes into (laughs) the world already itself. So we come into the world ourselves and we start to live inside our mind in our certain way, maybe anxiously, maybe fearfully, maybe angrily. Almost no one lives in there sort of neutrally. We all have a style Mm -hmm. in there. And as a young person, it's hard to do anything about that style. It's hard to have the wherewithal to think about changing that style. But as an adult, we can do that. We can say to ourselves, okay, I, I think I have an anxious, indwelling style. I think that I create dramas inside. I think I make myself a little bit hysterical. And I want to change that. I want to change my indwelling style. And so one of the main tactics is to do the thing that I ask clients to do all the time, which is think thoughts that serve them. And that's not about true thoughts or false thoughts because many true thoughts don't serve us. Hmm. So there's that idea of thinking thoughts that serve us. And then there's the idea of creating our mind room to be exactly the sort of place we want it to be. One of the ideas you just shared, I'll just piggyback on it, is the idea of giving ourselves a chance to have second thoughts. We're trained over time to react quickly in life. Probably part of our evolutionary process is to be able to discern quickly whether it's a, a tiger or a picture of a tiger. These are things we need to know, we need to react quickly. So we learn to react quickly which means that we often accept our first thoughts about things, our first conclusions about things, which are often not the best conclusions about things. So one of the things we have to learn is how to tolerate just waiting for a second answer or how to tolerate a difficult thought. One of the exercises I have in some book, I'm not sure if it's in Redesign Your Mind, is the idea of tolerating a difficult thought for 10 full seconds. That's so hard to do. If the thought is, um, I need a divorce or I hate my job, that kind of thought, it's very hard to tolerate that thought because we know that if we hear it too clearly, some action is required. Hmm. We, We have to start the divorce process or start looking for a new job. and Typically, on a given day, we're not ready for that. So we hurry right by that thought. We don't really hear it. This is a feature of what Freud called defensiveness, and he was smart about the defenses. We are defensive creatures. Jung talked about blind spots. There are ways in which we don't want to see things in our own reality. So this is all by way of saying, when you redesign your mind, you give yourself the opportunity to be on this easy chair, to be more comfortable, to feel less scared, to have a warrior outfit nearby if you need it so that you feel (sighs) protected, and to more calmly deal with the things that happen in life.
0: I think this is an interesting idea because if we create the mind room that uh, creates serenity and safety, then we're free to reflect on all kinds of things. And we might find out things or get new ideas for things that we weren't even thinking about at the time. The things you create that space and all kinds of things can evolve from that. And, and that's powerful, I think. That's the creative process. If you it's funny that when you
1: get your mind quiet enough to do a lot of good work, the experience is the experience of emptiness and silence because your mind is preparing itself to percolate up interesting thoughts. So it's the experience of quiet or silence that we're after, but it's not for the sake of quiet or silence, it's for the sake of answers percolating up or mm. our novel percolating up or something. Per- we're we're set, It's a pregnant silence into which come our best ideas. So if we keep our mind noisy, it's very hard for us to do our creative work or to solve the problems that we intend to solve I did, a, I did a series of um, interviews with folks who were sort of well-established folks and every one of them had had an existential crisis somewhere in their life where, they, where the meaning had drained out of what they were doing and they knew they needed to make a big change. But here's the headline. It took each one of them on average five years to make the change.
0: Wow!
1: That's how long it took them to be able to tolerate hearing that they needed to make the change. That's too long to live in pain.
0: Yeah.
1: It's just too long. So my phrase with all clients is sooner rather than later. It's really better if we can do this work of redesigning our mind, do this work of getting quiet and hearing our own thoughts sooner rather than later.
0: And yet there are moments in my own process when I'm Going into that quiet space that I also feel scared, right? That's when the thoughts of self-doubt come up and the other forms of self-sabotage. What do we do when we're in those moments and and this redesign is being influenced by some of the old decor? <laughs> How do I shake some of that in that moment?
1: Well, you want to create, create a room that feels um, safest to you. Um, in childhood, you may have you you had a room with a door but you didn't have an exit door mm. you can install an exit door in the room that is your mind and if the same thoughts pester you or the same fears pester you leave for a while feel the experience of being able to leave that environment and so to speak go out into the garden or go by the lake or something so there are lots of tactics that can help do the thing that you just described which is to make this We've talked about making this feel like a calmer place. We can also make it feel like a safer place by the kinds of visualizations that we create.
0: I love the idea of an exit door or of some way to get away from those things that aren't serving me. I think that's interesting. Let me just piggyback if I may. Yeah. In my head, one of the things that makes us
1: feel unsafe is that we have gotten in the habit of not speaking our own truth. We're scared of ourselves and our own truth. Which is one of the reasons that one of the visualizations in the book is the idea of installing a speaker's corner in a corner of the room that is our mind, like the speaker's corner in Hyde Park in London, where for hundreds of years people have been able to get up and freely say whatever was on their mind without fear of reprisal. We need that in our own mind. We need a place where we can say things that scare us It doesn't mean we have to say them aloud to the world, that's a different question, but we at least have to be able to say them to ourselves. We have to be able to say our own truth to ourselves without having that truth scare us. So that's why I think installing that kind of speaker's corner is another valuable visualization.
0: I think we can learn what we think sometimes by doing that too. You write in the book, you manifest your confidence by saying strong, clear things. I think that gets at having that speaker's corner a safe place to to know what we're feeling and thinking and afraid of and all those yep. things.
1: I, I invite clients to, if they have something they need to say to someone, to say it in seven words or fewer. Huh. Just have that be a rule. Like, like, stop doing that or that's not okay. The second we say use more words, we're half apologizing, we're withdrawing the main point. We're doing something to let the other person off the hook.
0: Mm. So
1: it's important that we learn to to speak in short declarative sentences with real periods at the end of sentences.
0: I love that seven words or less. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try that this week. Dr. Eric Mizal, coach and author of fifty books or more, probably by now, including the one we're talking about today: Redesign Your Mind, the breakthrough program for real cognitive change try this friends try this because it's so powerful to to decorate your space right you're living there every day create a space that helps you find calm and creative energy and peace and joy and decorate it the way you like no nobody has to come in there you can leave your stuff laying around if if you mm-hmm. like mine's very neat and tidy i don't i don't want the clutter i i need some clarity in my space It's an interesting process, and in his book, Eric has all kinds of elements and pieces of decoration and ideas like the exit door that we can put in our room and make it whatever we want to support our inner landscape and our external life experience. I think it's a powerful way of doing things. Eric, is there um, a place where you can find your other books? I imagine all bookstores and the work you're doing right now. I think the,
1: the best place is to come to my site, ericmazel.com, E-R-I-C-N-A-I-S-E-L.com.
0: And you can find me at polycampbell.com and check out my personal essays on polycampbell.substuck.com. Before we head out, I want to touch on one more uh, corner of my room. And this came from your book, Eric. You talk about the importance of a rebound corner. Why is that something you urge us to add into our rooms? I
1: want to sing that song, I get knocked down, but I get up again. <laughs> but yeah. I, I don't, I don't yeah. think I quite remember the the, the tune. <laughs> we get knocked down and we've got to get up again. And the rebound corner is is a safe place. It's a place for us to practice resilience and and a safe place to enter to make, to make that movement back into life after we've been knocked down. Since I work with creative performing artists, they have to deal with criticism from the world, pushback, people's opinions. They have to rebound from those uh, blows and they are experienced as blows. And for a lot of creative people, one negative review stops them from doing their work for the rest of their lives and that's not okay. We have to rebound from those kinds of blows so that we can live our life purposes.
0: It's time for the rebound, create the space in your mind that supports you and your growth and the energy you want to bring to not only your own life, but to the world, pick up this book, redesign your mind. And I think you'll have fun. This has been a fun exercise and definitely a powerful one for me to use. Thank you for being here, Eric Mazel. I appreciate it very much. Thank you for having me. And remember, create the room in your mind and it will help you design the life you want to live. When we all do that, we will all live well, do good, and be happy. Welcome to Sara Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a beautiful you can.